Chapter 17 of Molly Brown's Sophomore Days by Nell Speed. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Debbie R. Baker Robinson. A Christmas Surprise. At six o'clock that evening, a mouse's tail brushed Molly's door. Come in, little one, called Molly, recognizing Otoyo's tap my how dressed up you are she cried as the little japanese appeared in the doorway blushing and hesitating you like it this is real american young lady's toilet it come from a greatly big store in new york molly felt a real regret sometimes in correcting otoyo's funny english was not the brown family careful for many years to call bears bars just because the youngest brother said it when he was a little child but why did you wear your pink cashmere this evening dear she asked ah but this is a holiday in japan we wear always best on holiday then i must dress up too i suppose remarked molly sighing and i had thought to let myself off easy tonight otoyo but i couldn't appear before mrs murphy in this old garment and you so resplendent what shall i wear chicken she asked pinching otoyo's cheek the dress of sky blue what my last year's best laughed molly my lady you ask too much i must preserve that for year after next best but seeing that you are doing honor to this happy occasion miss sen i'll wear it to please you she soon attired herself in the blue crepe de chine over which she and nance had labored so industriously the winter before the two girls strolled downstairs together and at the first landing molly began sniffing the air if my old nose don't tell no lies it peers like i smells custard pies she remarked smiling it's means said otoyo molly squeezed the little japanese's plump waist yes i know it's means she said but custard pies stand for mince and turkey and baked macaroni and all sorts of good things we'll soon find out what mrs murphy's been up to pushing open the dining-room door she gave a start of surprise the room was deserted and almost dark and the long table was not even set for two why we must have come down too soon otoyo you little monkey you led me to believe it was quite late otoyo smiled and winked both eyes rapidly several times i think mrs murphy is a very wicked lady she said slowly she run away from this house and leave us all alone we shall have no dinner ah that will be very sadly they retreated from the dismal deserted dining-room into the hall immediately a door at the far end was thrown open and a flood of light poured from mrs markham's sitting-room then mrs murphy's ample figure blocked the doorway and in her rich irish brogue she called you poor little lost lambs is it for me you're looking then here i am and here is your supper waiting for you mrs markham was away for the holidays all right mrs murphy called molly cheerfully taking otoyo's hand she led her down the hall why little one i don't believe you are well she exclaimed your hands are cold and you are trembling the truth is miss sen was almost hysterical with suppressed excitement no 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 she replied i am feeling quite quitely well grasping molly's hand more firmly she began running as if the strain were too great to be endured longer all this time molly had not the faintest suspicion of the surprises awaiting her in mrs markham's sitting-room imagine her amazement when she found herself confronting miss grace green 
her two brothers and lawrence upton in that cozy apartment in the center was a round table set for six and in the center of the round table was the most adorable miniature christmas tree decorated with tiny ornaments and little candles their diminutive points of light blinking cheerfully four tall silver candlesticks with red shades flanked the christmas tree at each side a wood fire crackled in the open fireplace and everywhere were bunches and garlands of holly molly was quite speechless at first and she came very near crying but she choked back the lump which would rise in her throat and smiled bravely at the company i hope you are pleased with the surprise dear said miss grace green kissing her it seemed to edwin and me that six homeless people should unite in making a christmas for themselves lawrence is like you he lives too far away for christmas at home and i am at the mercies of a boarding-house so mrs murphy has agreed to be a mother to all of us this christmas and cheer us up sure and i'd like to be the mother of such a fine family said mrs murphy me old man wouldn't mind the responsibility either i'm thinking they all laughed and molly found herself shaking hands with professor green and dodo and lawrence upton kissing miss green again rapturously admiring the exquisite little tree and rushing from one holly decoration to another to the joy of otoyo who had arranged the greens with her own hands surely such a happy christmas party had never taken place before at old brown queen's mrs murphy herself waited on the table and joined in the conversation whenever she chose and once mr murphy baggage master at wellington station popped his head in at the door and smiled broadly remarked sure tis a happy party you're after making the night brothers and sisters sweethearts and friends all gathered together around the same board it'll be a merry evening for you young ladies and gentlemen and it's wishing ye well i am with all me heart thank you mr murphy said the professor and we be wishing the same to you and many christmases to follow which one of us is your sweetheart miss sin asked lawrence upton mischievously i like better the meat sweet than the sweetheart answered miss sin demurely there was no doubt however that she knew the meaning of the word sweetheart how they all laughed at this and teased lawrence just be bonbon and you'll be a meat sweet larry said the professor who appeared this evening to have laid aside all official dignity and become as youthful as his brother dodo after dinner the table was cleared the fire built up and the company gathered around the hearth they roasted chestnuts and told ghost stories otoyo in the quaintest english told a blood-curdling japanese story which interested professor green so deeply that he took out a little book and jotted down notes and questioned her regarding names and places molly knew a true story of a haunted house in kentucky fallen into ruins because no one had dared live in it for years then mrs murphy brought in the lamps and professor green drew up at the table and read aloud dickens christmas carol molly's mother had read to her children the immortal story of tiny tim ever since they could remember on christmas day and it gave molly much secret pleasure to know that these dear kind friends had kept up the same practice after that they fetched down judy's guitar and with molly accompanying they sang some of the good old songs that people think they have forgotten until they hear the thrum of the guitar and someone starts the singing at last the tower clock boomed midnight and as the echo of the final stroke vibrated in the room 
the door opened and santa claus stood on the threshold sure and i'm just on the nick of time he said with a good irish accent as he unstrapped his pack and proceeded to distribute packages done up in white tissue paper tied with red ribbons there were presents for everyone with no names attached but molly suspected professor green of being the giver of the pretty things hers was a volume of rossetti's poems bound in dark blue leather there was a pretty volume of tennyson's poems for otoyo and funny gifts for everybody with delightful jingles attached which the professor read very gravely otoyo almost had hysterics over her toy which was simply a small imitation bookshelf on which was a row of the works of emerson and carlyle filled with meat sweets only one thing happened to mar that evening's pleasure and this was the fault of the little japanese herself to her undying mortification and sorrow when the party was at its very height and they had joined hands and were circling around santa claus who was singing the wearing of the green otoyo unexpectedly broke from the circle and with a funny squeaky little scream pointed wildly at the window why child what frightened you asked miss grace green taking the girl's hand and looking into her white scared face but otoyo refused to explain and would only say over and over i ask pardon i feel so sorrowfully to make this big disturbance will you forgive otoyo of course we forgive you dear and won't you tell us what you saw no 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 it was nothing we ought to be going at any rate said the professor miss sin isn't accustomed to celebrations like this when old people turn into children and children turn into infants am i an infant asked molly or a child i am afraid you still belong to that infant class miss brown replied the professor regretfully they attributed otoyo's fright to nervousness caused from over-excitement and a few minutes later the party broke up it was one o'clock when the two girls finally climbed upstairs to the lonely silent third floor molly escorted otoyo to her little room and turned on the light now little one she said putting her hands on the japanese girl's shoulders and searching her face what was it you saw at the window Atoyo closed the door carefully and tipping back to molly's side whispered the greatly big black eyes of miss blount look in from the window outside she was very angry oh so angry she looked like an evil spirit then she didn't go to new york after all but how silly not to have joined us what a jealous strange girl she is molly could not know however with what care and secrecy the greens had guarded their christmas plans from judith who had caught a glimpse of the professor and his sister at the general store that afternoon it was revealed to her that her cousins would much rather not spend christmas with her and with a sullen stubborn determination she changed her mind about going to new york there was a good deal of the savage in her untamed nature and that night wandering unhappily about the college grounds and hearing sounds of laughter and singing from queens she pressed her face against the window and the gay picture she saw inflamed her mind with rage and bitterness the poor girl did resemble an evil spirit at that moment there was hatred in her heart for every merrymaker in the room and if she had had a dynamite bomb she would have thrown it into the midst of the company without a moment's hesitation when molly went to her own room after her talk with otoyo she found a note on her dressing-table which did not worry her in the least considering she was quite innocent of the charge you told me a falsehood this morning with all your preaching 
i'd rather live over the post office next to an incessant talker who does laundry work than stay in the same house with a person as deceitful and untruthful as you j b i'm sorry for the poor soul thought molly as she contemplated her own happy image in the glass she is like a traveler who deliberately takes the hardest road and chooses all the most disagreeable places to walk in if she would just turn around and go the other way she would find it so much more agreeable for herself and all concerned nevertheless molly felt a secret relief that judith had chosen to stay over the post office as for the incorrigible judith she did leave for new york early next morning and spent the rest of the holidays with her mother and brother molly saw a great deal of the greens for the next few days they had tea together and long walks and once the professor read aloud to his sister and the little girl from kentucky in the privacy of his own study miss green and her two brothers left wellington on new year's eve to visit some cousins in the next county and still molly was not lonely for lawrence upton put in a great deal of time teaching her to skate and showing otoyo and her the country around wellington End of chapter 17